BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services and in partnership with Beast OCR. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related, running, endurance, conditioning, wrecking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey, everybody out there in BeastNet land, Hammer here. And on this episode, I'm talking with Ted Kiley and Aaron Singleton about X-Warrior Challenge. So let's jump right into it. Um, I'll actually start with Aaron. So how was this X-Warrior experience for you? X-Warrior has always been really fantastic to me. I kind of got involved with it after doing uh, Spartans, Rugged Maniacs, and kind of going through the whole circuit. And uh, what really appealed to myself anyways, it was a grown in Alberta race and being from Alberta, it's obviously you want to try and support, support local when you can. And I think uh, just the way Darcy Shout, who the uh, owner, he was able just to completely blow things out of the water right from the start. Um, I haven't seen anything like it to have come out of nowhere and just run a top caliber event the way he did. It's, it rivaled some of the top events that I've done, even in the States. So it was very easy to jump on board. That's awesome. Cool. Um, any any particular highlights this year that uh, you know that stood out to you, or I'd say probably the biggest one, um, just from an ex warrior perspective, was going over to Calgary Olympic Park for the first time. Because the past few years, I believe it was either 2015 or 2016, they got started. Um, it was in Calgary Stampede Grounds, which is pretty good, but. I mean, really, you can't really get too much elevation when all you're doing is stairs. But when you went to uh, Calgary Olympic Park, I mean, that's where you're doing the ski jumps and uh, a lot of the other alpine events for the Olympics. So you can only imagine the insane elevation that you're getting in a short period. It might not be a very tall hill, but it doesn't take you very long to get up to the top either in terms of the steepness. So it was nice to get back to that elevation. The closest thing you can really get to the mountains without actually going into it. So that's just my bias. I'm not a big fan of the flat courses because I'm not fast enough to like them, but uh, the mountain courses are kind of where uh, I think that's where it's best way to go, especially if you got the terrain we have here. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Ted, anything you want to, you want to add to that? Um, I know my first discovery of X warrior uh, sun peaks, 2017, the gal that was in charge of the uh, X warrior challenge volunteer uh, Melanie, whose last name I can't quite remember, um, she was running some of the Sun Peaks race with us, and uh, we're taking pictures, joking around, and she's telling myself and my better half, Miriam, and Brandon Chin, and Jody B., um, who after four years I have given up trying to pronounce her last name. Sorry, Jody, I love you. Um, <laughs> And Melanie was just describing the whole event, and it just sounded amazing. And uh, fast forward to September 2018, uh, the Black Ops Titan, which I knew nothing about. I just knew it sold out in less than two hours. I'm like, well, damn, that was quick. And then uh, (laughs) the owner of the venue called the Boneyard outside of Edmonton, um, she posted on the Beast OCR page that there was – some entries available that were set aside just for friends of them, the owners of the Boneyard, which is a standalone OCR park. And I jumped on that in a heartbeat. And just because I heard all I needed to hear. And, you know, after so many Spartan races, I was looking for some new blood, so to speak. And yeah. uh, fast forward, uh, when the Calgary Titan went up for sale and it was announced that it was moved from the Calgary Stampede, which is basically just a stadium full of dirt, um, to the Canada Olympic Ski Park, 
uh, I got really excited because I had actually seen the ski park when Brandon and Jody and I were coming back to the States from the Red Deer Spartan in 2016. And it's basically a giant ski complex in the middle of the suburbs. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, that would be a damn good place for an OCR. And sure enough, a year, year and a half later, okay, I'm set. I'm going to explore this. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, I, I see I, I'm exploring the website and posts made on the Hurt and Albertan and the uh, Alberta Obstacle Racers Facebook pages, um, you know, what you need to do to earn their version of a trifecta medal. You know, it's this really cool um, axe, a battle axe. And uh, so you have your choice of doing two virtual races, which were basically a run with the wad thrown in or a couple of their trail runs along with both of their OCR events and one endurance event, which was the Black Ops. And so I was all over that, and I can't wait for that action. It's actually on its way over the border as we speak because I couldn't fly with it because I would have had to pay the last airlines <laughs> 40 bucks. You know, I have to say I am so overly impressed from the time I stepped into the building the day before the Calgary Titan to pick up my you know, my bib and packet and everything and just wandering around. It's like, Oh, this is going to be amazing. And it was. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cool that they, you know, like you said, that they put it in the Olympic park right there in the middle of the, um, and you know, and it's, I've, I've found that, you know, positive, like the positive thinking towards things like that. Um, you know, you think, Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't it be cool if they did this or wouldn't it be cool if they did that? And then, you know, out of nowhere, it's kind of cool that they that they they did it just the way you were thinking. Like, oh man, you know, I thought about this last year, or I thought about this, you know, a couple of years ago, and here they are doing it. Like, you know, that's that's actually pretty cool. Um, and I noticed that when you were talking about um, the um, X Warrior on your, I, I wasn't sure if it, I think it was on the Beast page. Um, that was one of the interesting interesting things about X Warrior that I thought, um, you know, that differs from the Spartan was, you know, the Spartan has the spear throw and then X Warrior has the axe throw. Um, what, uh, like, I'm I'm actually pretty unfamiliar with um, with X Warrior and and I actually saw that aspect of it. What I think earlier this week when I was kind of doing a little bit of um, research on it, but. I had no idea that um, X-Warrior really even existed until a couple of weeks ago. And um, myself and Mike and Don, we've actually talked about doing an X-Warrior um, probably in the coming year. Um, so we're, uh, yeah, because we're, we're trying to kind of branch out and we're trying to do a little bit of extra, um, you know, something outside of the normal, like Spartan. Like you said, you were looking for new blood. Um, you know, you get... We get kind of, um, you know, it's nice to do a Spartan every once in a while and then, you know, RIP the Warrior Dash. Um, but uh, the, um, you know, looking for, you know, kind of branching out and doing other things. We've been talking with a lot of the um, more local um, OCRs, like the ones, um, you've got like the one over in OMAC. You've got um, one down in California, the um, Grid OCR. Um, but, yeah, we've been talking about kind of getting out and doing one of these other, um, you know, like some of the other bigger name ones. Um, and X Warrior was actually probably at the top of the list after I found out about it. Um, so that's actually, that's actually pretty cool, man. Um, 
Are you, um, now I know, noticed also in your, um, your post, Ted, that you had, um, you'd actually torn your calf muscle, um, or retorn it this year. Um, anything you want to, you know, talk about as, as far as that? I mean, I know it's probably a pretty, uh, pretty laborious injury there that you, <laughs> well, it's a case of play stupid games, get stupid prizes. I knew there was a chance I'd re-tear it because it had only been six weeks. Um, I had oh, wow. done... Um, the 12 hour black ops Titan overnight, which I'm sure we're going to talk lots about in a few minutes here. Um, very little sleep, flew home, <laughs> volunteered a build day for the Boise sprint, did the Boise sprint, volunteered for a load up day, and then did the, uh, X warrior challenge candidate, a virtual run. I mean, this is all in eight days, eight days time. And, oh, um, just I'm doing this virtual run on my own at a local high school track and just rip. Oh no. And that was halfway through. So I literally drugged my leg around that track trying to finish and stuff. And uh, so needless to say, I didn't train a single bit between then and the wilderness Titan, which I just got back from. So I'm not surprised that halfway through my second lap, I did it again. But there was a minimum. Now, everybody that does one lap gets a sprint medal. There was a minimum of three laps. And uh, they were supposed to be 8K laps, which is equal to just over five miles. But my Garmin said seven miles per lap. And you needed three laps to get that Titan medal. And there was no way in hell I was coming back to Idaho without that medal. So I just stuck it out. And yeah. I, ended up, I ended up missing the relay by 10 seconds that I signed up for. Because as I crossed the finish line with my third lap, the relay crowd was leaving. But oh well, it oh, wow. is what it is, and I was I was happy, yeah. and it, it's all good. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. Awesome. Well, like you said, you know, we're going to talk about that Black Ops. So let's hear about it. That was just something. Sure. Uh, That was just an unreal experience. Uh, Last year, I actually had to miss out on participating myself because I had a uh, groin tear I experienced back in April. So a few months prior, I was there volunteering, though, and I absolutely fell in love with the concept while I was there. It's basically... Imagine going to World's Toughest Mudder, but taking out all daylight. Just do it at night, and that is your event. It is essentially the same, but really, really well done. So this year was my first year actually participating in it. So very similar. You start off your first lap. You don't do any of the obstacles. You're just going through, getting a feel for the course, and then once the 45-minute window hit, that's when you're starting to incorporate the obstacles. And it's not even when you finish up that first lap. If you're on that first lap and you hear that siren go off or whatever facsimile they had, I can't remember, that's when you're starting. So you could be seeing somebody get up to the uh, 200 or 400 pound tires and they say, oh, sorry, the person that you got here just before and you get there, you're a little, uh, you're a little heartbroken when you have to do that in the middle of your first lap. But uh, the nice thing about that was uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember getting there. I'm like, please be ahead of the curve. Please be ahead of the curve. That's all I wanted. And then whatever, I'll do deal with it the rest of the night. Um, but the nice thing about the Boneyard is that because it's a permanent facility, it's every time you're there, we deal with different courses. I think they've done four or five events there now, and we've always gone somewhere different. And the Black Ops course this year ended up being 
I think it was about eight and a half K nine kilometers per lap. If you don't include the penalties and with the penalties, yep. essentially all you're doing is you're just, uh, it was a maximum of four and you were extending the distance based on how many obstacles you failed. So up to a maximum of four failures you go on. I think that added another kilometer on top. So you're doing almost 10 kilometers lap for 12 hours. So it's a long time in between getting your nutrition, trying to get your water and the pits were busy. I know um, I raced with a team called Rampage Racing, and we had one person come out for us named uh, Keith Hesling or Heslinga. I'm going to completely butcher his name, Keith. I'm sorry about that. But um, he was an absolute rock star. He's done a bunch of ultras himself, and he was just out there getting us food, rubbing our calves, and just making us feel good the entire night. But it definitely changed the game plan, not only for us, but for crew, because if you're out there for... 10 kilometers, you're thinking, okay, over the course of a 12 hour night, you're going to need nutrition a little bit more than what you're planning on. So then it's okay. Do I go with my race pack? Do I leave my water behind? Do I try and bring nutrition on course? I think, but that's kind of where going back to where Spartan did and going through hurricane heats and uh, death race that you almost appreciate that unknown because it forces yeah. you to adapt and kind of throw that game plan out the window. You can always go in having an idea of what you want to do, but it's going to be the person who can figure it out on the fly best that's really going to have that success. So I will tell you too, going back to the axe throw, I still despise that thing. I spent so many years trying to get that damn spear throw down. I finally get it and then come to the X-Warrior and there's the axe throw. I'm like, damn, I got to do this all again. But uh, so getting it once in the 12 hours was a little bit uh, of a success, believe it or not. Most times I don't even get it once. I'm not sure how you've been doing, Ted, but probably better than I have. Well, the thing is, who sticks an axe throw sober? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, come on. I don't know, maybe who throws the axe sober. That's like playing pool sober, come on. (laughs) The other one that was actually uh, really unreal to see with that was, so one thing X-Warrior does that... uh, a lot of other races don't. They have what's called the sandbag wave. And there are people that if you want to do it just for the one lap or the entire race, you can carry a sandbag around while doing your obstacles. And then you're put into the sandbag category, which is its own podium. There were people out there that were carrying a 40 pound sandbag for the entire 12 hours. And I just got back from wilderness doing it for six. And I'm, I was beat after that. I can't possibly imagine doing 12. So just huge applause to anybody who even attempted that for 12 hours. You're a monster. That's crazy. I, I got pressure from so many people to attempt that. And I said, maybe next year I'm just running right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a feat all on its own, just to you know, just to do the event. But to to even imagine adding forty extra pounds to that, and you know, and using or you know, uh, traversing these obstacles with the extra forty pounds, that's just that's crazy. It's you couldn't imagine adding an extra forty pounds. It's bad enough that I'm adding twenty five pounds to my regular workout, let alone forty pounds to an mm-hmm. to an OCR. Yeah. Now, mind you, they do put you do get to put your bag down when you do the obstacle, and then you pick it up and move along again. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I was unfamiliar at least with that part because I I know I've done a couple of um, couple of OCRs in the past where um, I know people have been um, like adding kind of like a ruck to their OCR. You know, they'll they'll just kind of voluntarily add that for their own um, you know personal torture. Um, 
and I've seen them kind of, you know, do these obstacles and, and, you know, try to work around having that extra weight with them while they're on the obstacles themselves. So, uh, I guess I just assumed that that was, you know, part of it. You were, you were kind of like lugging these extra pounds over the obstacles with you, but that's actually kind of nice that they let you, you know, just kind of put it off to the side and then do the obstacles and pick it back up. So. I was kind of thinking the same thing going in, but what I learned was that I would almost, well, I mean, it's impossible to carry the rocks through the uh, rigs or anything, but the one thing that they forget to tell you and you don't really think about is you're deadlifting that weight right back onto your shoulders every time that you put it down. So I know with, uh, I did three laps of wilderness and there, I think it was 25 props or 25 obstacles per lap. So 75 times lifting 40 pounds. I mean, granted, that's over a course of a number of hours, but that will wear you down in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you think about it in terms like that, you know, that's that's actually quite a bit. Um, you know, you wouldn't think that, you know, an extra 10 pounds, um, you know, would even make a difference. But like a couple of years ago, I, I got together with a personal trainer and we started um, kind of working on, um, getting me kind of into a, a, you know, a better shape than round. And, um, we, uh, one of the first things we did right out of the gate was, um, he wanted me to do these, uh, you know, squats with a plyo box. And he says, all right, we're going to put, you know, five pounds, uh, five pound weights in each hand. And, um, you know, you're going to do a hundred squats over this plyo box and, um, you get one full minute of rest time. And I'm thinking, okay, five pounds, it's not much, you know, in each hand. So 10 extra pounds um, that I have to, you know, squat and whatnot. And, you know, I get an accumulative or a cumulative um, one minute of rest time. So, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm, I really don't plan on resting too much. Um, so we start off doing it. And I breezed right through the first, you know, 30, 40 of them. And then I started kind of noticing, man, this extra 10 pounds really does add, you know, a lot to it. I mean, 40, you know, 40 or so squats, you know, without 10 pounds really, really isn't that bad. But the 10 pounds actually started kind of taking a toll on me. Um, once I actually got done with the 100, I, I was just, I was beat. And I was like, man, there's, there's just no way I could, you know, even fathom doing that again. Um, you know, two days later during recovery, I, I couldn't even move my legs. Um, I actually, like, I had to call off work and I was like, yeah, I, there's no way I'm even getting out of bed. Like I can't, <laughs> like you said, I can't imagine having to do, you know, um, 75 repetitions of, you know, deadlifting these 40 pound bags, um, you know, back up onto your shoulder and all that kind of stuff. It, I mean, like you said, it really adds just another complete element to it it's like you know just adding another workout uh to an already excruciating 12-hour workout yeah it's definitely one of those things that you just kind of have to be in the right mental space for it and for myself i think kind of what got me through is just kind of bringing a little bit of perspective back to it because i got into spartans and ocr back in 2013 or 2014 and i weighed a hell of a lot more than i do now so I think kind of what got me through in those moments where it was really difficult, it's just that you lost more weight than you've got on your shoulders right now, man. So you used to run with this kind of weight, just do your best with it now. Just try and do what you can. And 
that's one thing that's definitely helped in my OCR career is just kind of look at things because you're always going to go into the pain cave. It's just a matter of what's your mindset when you get into there. Everybody goes through it differently. I've had days where I go into the pain cave. I'm like, nope, don't want to do any more of this because I'm just absolutely miserable. But there are other yeah. times you're like, well, let's see what I'm made of. Let's see what can happen. Yeah. And, you know, and that's kind of what I'm, I'm going through at the time now. Um, I've actually come down quite a bit. Um, I used to be, or used to weigh close to uh, 400 pounds and, when I first got started into OCR and, and that was just a struggle for me, man. It was just torture. Even just doing a 5k, I couldn't, you know, and I'm, um, I've lost quite a bit, um, since then. And so now I'm um, adding, you know, different, um, you know, even if I'm just on the treadmill now, um, you know, like if I'm at work and I've got a quick break or something, you know, I, I can go into the gym there and, um, I'll throw my, my weight vest on and, you know, jog out a little bit and, I, I, matter of fact, I was actually thinking this last night. I didn't, I didn't even want to do it. I didn't even want to put my weight vest on and get on there. And, um, but I, you know, like you said, you kind of get into that pain cave and you have to think, well, you used to have this, like, this is what you used to run with. Um, you know, just, you know, suck it up, deal with it. And that's kind of what I did yesterday. Um, I, I went into, uh, the gym right before my shift at work. And I, uh, did part of probably about an hour long workout. Um, but I did the whole thing with my weight vest on and yeah, it, it sucked because I did not want to put the weight vest on. I'm like, can't I just enjoy a workout without extra, you know, the added weight, but you know, that's the thing, uh, you know, you have to, in order to progress, you know, you have to put yourself in those uncomfortable positions because you know, it's, it's not progressing if it's not uncomfortable. So, well, props to you for what you've done so far, man. That sounds like an absolutely uh, incredible story. So I wish you all the best as you uh, continue your training with that. Appreciate it, brother. That's amazing. Yeah, we're, um, I know Don and I, we've been, well, Don's been kind of going out and doing his own thing. Um, he's been trying to get myself and Mike on board. And um, here lately, it's just been like really, really busy. I've been working a lot of overtime and, um, yeah, I'm definitely not as trained up as I would like to be. I mean, there's a couple of um, areas that I definitely need to work on in order to improve my times and whatnot. Um, but I mean, like I said, it's, you know, it's progress. I'm going to get there and I'm going to, you know, realize that I've worked on some of these obstacles. I've, I haven't worked on some of the other ones. Um, but, you know, that's in and of itself, it's what it is. I mean, it's a learning experience. So, um but yeah, Mike's been kind of going off. I know last week, this past weekend, he did, um, he went out and did like a, a half marathon with a 25 pound weight vest. And, you know, yeah. the night, the night before he, he texted me and was like, Hey, um, you know, are either you or your wife crazy enough to come out with me and, um, you know, go out on a half marathon run. And I'm like, um, well, I know that my wife's not up for it, but sure i guess i'm in and it just it kind of got into my head and i was thinking about all the you know the pain and the uncomfortability of my legs and you know just kind of went into that like you said that pain cave and um i got into my head and then i couldn't sleep and then you know i got maybe like three hours of sleep that night and i texted him early in the morning and i said look man i i have not had the proper rest I, i'm i'm bound out of this one so you know he went out and did it on his own and um, I actually felt kind of bad because I was like, man, you know, he, he made a really good time on that. And, you know, I'm kind of kicking myself for not actually getting out and doing it. 
But, you know, the great thing is, is that there's always the future. I can get out there and, and make up for it. So, Absolutely. And you're talking about the obstacles on the course and not to get too deep where it's not really needed, but I think the one thing I really like about OCR, especially when it comes to uh, my own weight loss journey while I was going through that, is OCR itself is just such a great metaphor when it comes to that because you start off, you have all the motivation, the piss and vinegar that you need to get through it, and then someone throws up a wall in front of you, it's like, okay, well, I could turn around now or I just find a way to get over this. And then you just keep trying to find ways to progress through the obstacles because it's only going to get harder as you go. But the big difference that uh, I had to remind myself at the end was uh, the finish line doesn't really exist in that journey. Unfortunately, it's definitely a lifestyle. And that's something I will fully admit that I've kind of gone in and back out of, especially after uh, I got hurt last year. I am still even finding now that I'm healthy that I don't have the motivation that I did when I was training every other day or whatever it was. Now it's almost a grind just to get up out of the uh, house and go uh, go for a run every night. but you just find ways to get through it. And when it comes to, like you said, when you're going for that half marathon and you have the plans for it, and then you say, it's just not on the cards today. As long as you're giving yeah. it the, whatever your hundred percent is every day. So if it means you got to miss that and do something else, I mean, it's better than nothing, but sometimes everybody needs a rest day. I mean, I haven't figured out what the rest muscle is or how to work it out yet, but I've gotten pretty good uh, at <laughs> cool do nothing thing. <laughs> Oh yeah, I can give you some tips on that one, Aaron. Yeah. I've been pretty oh, lazy lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, yeah, that's you know, and like I said earlier, you know, it was I had I was pushing 400 pounds almost, and um, I've actually come quite a ways down. Uh, my my lowest at this at this point, um, I I got back down to about 290, which was just just Good above my you. college weight, um, and so. Um, but then uh, I took off uh, a couple weeks because, you know, I got married and we, um, you know, we got so wrapped up in the wedding and, you know, all the events afterwards, honeymoon, and you know, and just visiting with friends and family that it kind of, um, you know, kind of threw me off my, you know, my exercise game a little bit. And I, you know, I was like, okay, I can, I can stand to take a couple of weeks off. And then a couple of weeks turned in a couple of weeks, turned into a couple of months, which turned into about 20 pounds. And so now I'm, <laughs> now I'm battling to get that back off, um, to get back down yeah, to absolutely. 290. So that way I can kind of get back down to, um, my goal weight, my goal weight's right around where Don's at. Well, actually Don's at 235 now, I think he said, and um, I, I think I would probably look like a stick figure if I got down to 235. <laughs> um, if I, you know, um, I'm pretty, I wouldn't say I'm pretty tall. I mean, I'm only 6'1", but, you know, 6'1 and 235, I, uh, that that's pretty lanky in, in my book. Um, when I was uh, when I was about 250 in college and I, I felt like I was, you know, I was pretty slim at that point. Like, man, I think if I get any skinnier, I'm going to, I'm going to look like I'm unhealthy, you know, so. Well, I'm between uh, five, seven and five, nine, depending on the tape measure in the day. And uh, when I got started, I was at uh, 240 pounds. So 240 when you are that short is a lot uh, more round than it is when you're six foot one. So I can totally appreciate that for sure. Because when I got down, I ended up uh, at my lowest, I was either at 155 or 160. 
And but that wasn't the same thing. It wasn't a scrawny skinny. It was a little bit of muscle. I mean, I wasn't going out there rocking a six pack or anything, but I was definitely yeah. the leanest I had ever been. But <laughs> it comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I've definitely never rocked a six pack myself. Uh even you know, even when I was in high school and college. Um I was I was pretty fit, but I was just never I was never that fit. Um but uh I think that that has to do with me rocking other types of six packs. So Yeah. I was gonna say I like uh <laughs> I like cheeseburgers a bit too much to rock a six pack, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that used to be um that kind of used to be like my uh, my my big thing. I once I actually got out of college and um, I started <laughs> cheeseburgers. Once I got out of college and started <laughs> you know working and whatnot, um, I started working on night shift and that just that's what I'm on now. And so that throws off like your entire you know your entire game plan as far as life is concerned. You know you've got obviously the um, the family aspect of, you know, not really being able to see your family that much. Um, my wife works during the day. I work during the night, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, hit or miss if we get to see each other every once in a while. Um, but especially when, when it comes to like, you know, the eating and diet and all that, that's one thing I've really kind of, uh, struggled with was getting on this, you know, new, not really new schedule, but, um, when I started, uh, actually eating healthier and whatnot, I found it was, it was a lot harder to eat healthier when I was um, now that I'm on a night shift um, because there's no, you know, there's no hardly any stores open as far, you know, unless it's a 24 hour supermarket, but I don't really like going to those that much anymore. Um, but no, so like for me, it was harder to actually eat healthy, um, you know, because when we first started doing this, um, we were, my wife and I were actually on the same schedule as far as work was concerned. And it was a lot easier for us to cook healthier meals for, you know, the family. And so now, now that it's like, you know, we're making meals kind of like, um, you know, here and there and not necessarily on the same schedule, it's harder for me to eat healthier. And so, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been kind of a, um, been kind of a struggle, but no, back to what I was um, back to what I was saying was when I first started on night shift, like a long time ago, probably, I don't know, like, uh, I'll say 12 years ago. Um, I've moved around a couple different shifts since then, but, um, the first go around on night shift, um, it was, you know, I'd get off of work and then the only thing that would be open would be fast food at, you know, five in the morning. And it's like, all right, I'm going to go and, you know, find something to eat. And that's dude. Cheeseburgers were huge. Um, I think every night after I got off work, I would have, um, I'd have like a double meat with cheese and that just, you know, that's when I really started putting on the pounds was, um, right after college, you know, working on night shift and just kind of let myself go. And I'd been kind of sitting with that for like, I don't know, maybe eight or nine, 10 years, uh, before I decided, you know what, I'm sick of being winded trying to tie my shoe. So, um, and Don kind of gave me the push to get started in OCR and the rest is history. So, yeah, it's just amazing what sports been able to do. I know it sounds like you've had a very uh, similar experience to the way I had, just in the sense that you had a lifestyle before. And then once you kind of got really sucked into the OCR cult, I'll call it that, uh, 
that lifestyle itself really will take a hold of you. And I, I went through a similar thing. I haven't worked, um, night shift, but prior to going into OCR, I was working at a job where I was doing 11 hour days. So nothing crazy, but I was still in university and doing studies. So you didn't have time really to go do a home cooked meal or find something nutritious and you didn't really have the budget for it either. It's I could go to insert store here and do this, or I can go find a quick five minute run, go pick up something from a fast food joint and then eat that and I'll be good for the rest of the day. And that's just not, uh, that was a mindset that I was in for far too long. So I, I seriously yeah. do credit OCR for saving my life in that respect. It got me into a uh, mindset where you're actually focusing on your health and I will never be able to repay the sport for what it did for me there. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. kind of like my story as well. Uh, before getting into this, I was doing two back-to-back degrees, getting my bachelor's and my master's degree and raising four kids alone and coaching sports and studying all night and everything else. And man, I just turned into a blimp. I got huge. And, um, you know, I found CrossFit in 2011 and, you know, it was kind of like, you know, that was a victory. And, uh, yeah. And then a few years later found OCR, you know, it's a, I've, uh, I look back now, I don't want, I don't ever want to be that person again. Oh yeah. <clears throat> no, and yeah, I was actually trying to find thing in sport. Yeah, it definitely is. Do you like challenges that are fun, tough, and might use tacos? Head on over to BeastChallenge.com and check out our upcoming events, including Beast's 5K+, a combination of race and endurance event, and the Bucket Mile. Keep an eye on the Beast's OCR Facebook group for event gatherings. For more information, head on over to BeastChallenge.com and the Beast's OCR Facebook group. You'll be glad you did. I don't know if I, if I'm going to share my experience with Black Ops. Um, I first and foremost would like to see so many beasts up there next year. Uh, there's so many people on the Beast OCR team that will travel all the way of the continent, cross the continent for a Spartan race, but they won't jump the border for this organization. <laughs> and I, I'm telling everybody that needs to change. Just do one race, one race only. I promise you you will be hooked. This organization is so awesome. Um, I, each one of these races, I came back home to Idaho with a smile on my face that lasted for days. And, um, <clears throat> you know, you're talking about cheeseburgers. Well, I can't think of a time I saw Joe DeSena walking around the crowd after race, passing out free cheeseburgers to the crowd. And that's exactly <laughs> what he did after the Calgary race. He was walking around with this big, giant tray of cheeseburgers just passing them out. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like one big giant family. Um, Black Ops, uh, I, I flew up there and I hid out in a hotel room for two days to adjust my sleeping pattern. And my good buddy, Patrick Cairns, who lives in St. Albert, picked me up and we headed out. And I purposely said, hey, let's set up our tents next to this uh, this obstacle called um, X-Bomb, which is uh, concrete-filled pipes that you had to do farmers carry with, but not horizontally. You had to hold the ends of them. And so I, we were able to stop at our tents midway through and chow down on some food and chug some Pedialyte and whatever. But, um, yeah, they fed you before the race, big pasta dinner and everything else, which a few people bombed out because they, they completely bonked, but it did me good. Um, fireworks show at three 30 in the morning as the sun's coming up. Um, yeah, pancake breakfast afterwards and everything. And, um, 
yeah, it didn't dawn on me um, how well, you know, I say this in all modesty, how well I actually did until afterwards I got to thinking, wow, I did that. Now, I've been chickening out on running ultra, Spartan ultras for far too long because I didn't know if I was worthy of a 30-mile race and all those obstacles. Well, each one of these laps at Black Ops was 8K plus a penalty loop, which I did plenty because I failed a lot of obstacles. They weren't easy. Um, and basically how that works, Kyle, is when you fail an obstacle, instead of doing burpees or something, uh, they take a Sharpie and put an X on your wristband. And when you hit the penalty loop, there's check stations. So if you got one X, you turn around at the first check station after they stamp you with the color-coded thing. Two obstacles, check station two, turn back, so on and so forth, up to the max, which was four, which went down a hill and you'd have to go back up. So that included, and then I realized after I get home that I did five laps, basically, and 26 obstacles per lap plus penalty loops, I already exceeded an ultra. And that made me think, wow, I did that. And not only that, I took a 90-minute nap in my tent, too, and took time to call my girlfriend and say goodnight after one of the laps. So, um, yeah, no more chicken shit, Ted. It's time. <laughs> you know, if, if, if Spartan decides to break down and sell a, a ultra-specific season pass, I'm down. But um, yeah, the, way, awesome. the way, I mean, I'm sure you saw pictures I posted, you know, everybody's leaving the starting gate, yep. and there's red smoke everywhere. and um Darcy, the race director, was on that microphone two hours before the race, all flipping night, and two hours after the race. I mean, I don't know where that guy gets the energy. You know, that's <laughs> that's sixteen hours, sixteen hours holding the microphone. Whatever he's buying, I want some. Um, yeah, exactly. The, 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 you know, it was just a big campground. You know, the owners of the venue were involved. Everything else, and just. The only flaw I could find was there was some timing chip problems, and I only got credit for four laps instead of five, but it showed my third lap taking me over four hours, so I know there's something up there. <laughs> but yeah. um, other than that, working the bugs out, there there really was no imperfections with any of these races I did. It was just perfect in every single way, and they changed it up. Each race was different. Even, uh, even Black Ops and Wilderness at the very same venue were they changed it up and it was different. And um, yeah, I just, it's an amazing thing. And I, as long as I'm doing this craziness, I will venture up there and do these races. Yeah, it definitely does sound like a whole different world as far as OCR is concerned. Um, I, um, like I said, I was unfamiliar with it up until probably a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, and I was like, wow, you know, I, 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 I've never really even dreamed of, you know, even doing, um, an ultra. And I know that's kind of a a goal in the future. Um, but, uh, it sounds like, you know, just the whole sequence of events that you guys went through that you get so sucked into it that you're not even really focused on your exhaustion. You're not even focused on, you know, how much you've already done. You just, your, your mind is just in this go, 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 go. And to me, that's actually kind of cool. I like, I like to get kind of wrapped up in what I'm doing. Um, you know, it's kind of like when I get involved on like, you know, home projects here, you know, I get so wrapped up in what I'm doing on my house that I forget to, I forget to eat or I forget to take a break, you know, and and that's kind of what I like about, um, 
what it, you know, that's kind of what it sounds like when you go up there to the X warrior, you know, you're so sucked into these, you know, these goings on that you're not even really thinking about it. You're just constantly on the go. And before you realize it, you've, you've already exceeded your expectations. You've already exceeded what you, what you thought was going to happen. So it actually sounds pretty infectious, man. I, I actually really look forward to going up, um, up in the future and, and catching one of these events. So, well, I'm going to be this, you know, I, I just sold my house last week and if the closing goes as planned, we're going to be back up in Washington state before the holidays. I say we rent a couple 15 passenger vans and have a beast caravan head on up. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that sounds so, amazing. You know, and the family feel of it too. Um, you know, at the end of wilderness Titan where I retore my calf muscle and couldn't walk after the race, uh, the, the owner of the venue, the gal, I can't remember her name. Maybe Aaron can refresh my memory, but, uh, uh. <laughs> It was it was a jaunt from the transition area for the Titans to the beer garden. She put me in her gator, drove me to the beer garden, bought me two beers, and after I sucked those down, she drove me to the car where you know the person I was riding with was waiting, and and even offered to let me stay at their house if I didn't want to go back to Edmonton. You know that's wow. yeah that that that's something you're not going to see anywhere else. No, and that's just the way the uh, so that was Cindy Day that was uh, driving me around. Gotcha, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. So the Boneyard's run by the Day family. So Cindy Day is the aforementioned, and Rob Day. He's kind of uh, he's kind of the psychopath. I mean, mastermind behind the uh, courses that are designed at Boneyard, and uh, they're <laughs> an absolutely incredible family. One thing a lot of people don't really realize is that the Boneyard itself is actually a non for profit. What they do is they are a compound that, yes, it's a permanent OCR facility, but their whole purpose really is to have youth come out and actually get to get into the sport and have that community and that sense of belonging to something a little bit bigger than just the individual level. And that's where you get to learn a lot of the team building and a lot of the good things that we've all come to know and love about the sport and incorporate that into their daily lives. So that's one thing that... Um, I'm sure a lot of people in Alberta might not even realize with the OCR family or the Day family is that uh, they are very much uh, giving back. And uh, X-Warrior, same thing. My understanding, don't quote me on this because I could be wrong, but I believe what happens is the uh, parking fees from the venue that X-Warrior charges actually goes straight into the youth foundation that the OCR compound runs. Hmm, I think you're right. (laughs) That's the way that... uh, Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was coughing and mumbling. Go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's all right. Um, but kind of going back off what Ted was saying, too, the whole family feel of X-Warrior. X-Warrior is the only race that I've really been a part of where the race director, owner, whatever you want to call him, he is on the Alberta Facebook group. He's just one of the people, and he started off as a racer here in Alberta, and then he started this up, and he kept going with it. He never distanced himself. He still answered questions right onto the Facebook group. He gets emails, and I I don't know how he does it. He is running on one heck of a combination of caffeine and something else, I'm sure, but it's working for him, (laughs) and he's doing amazing things. Um, But Ted's absolutely right. I know at Black Ops, he was there, and he's not just there during the race. He's there helping with the setup, making sure everything's getting done. And I think that people kind of take it for granted how much work he actually puts into the community and the sport itself. So I hope whoever's listening uh, 
whether they've done the race or not, will take into consideration that this is his baby. And he, this is something he talks about all the time, whether he's on call or not. So that's the family aspect of X Warriors, probably my favorite thing. Cause when you go back, it's just a big reunion. You're seeing people you haven't seen in forever, uh, or at least since the last race. And you're just catching up, you're socializing and just, just the way it feels, it almost feels like a private event because you know everybody there because it's always the same people mm-hmm. coming back. So I will say this for the yeah. rest of Alberta. We'd love to have some UBs up. Yeah. You know, at the Calgary race, too, I don't know if you remember this, Aaron, after the elites went off, the Titans lined up, the age groupers, and I was at the front of the line, and he stops what he's saying. He sees me, and he introduces me to the whole crowd. Yeah, this guy came all the way up from Boys Guide. Oh, this is crazy Ted Kiley. Everybody give me a hand. I'm getting an ovation <laughs> from all these strangers and stuff. Like, I, yeah, I don't. For those of you who know me, it takes a lot to make me blush, but I was seriously blushing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of on board with Ted's idea there. Um, you know, just get a bunch of vans and we all just have a huge uh, beast convoy all the way up and do one of these events, man. That to me, actually, that sounds like such a good time. I mean, it, well, it honestly does. Here, yeah, here's the deal, Kyle. Um, camping for Black Ops is a given because it's a camp out anyway. You know, everybody's bringing yeah. their tents and stuff. For Wilderness at the same compound, there is camping available on the little lake there. So, you know, there's there's some ease right there. Uh, the closest hotels yeah. aren't too far away in a town called Westlock. And then uh, Edmonton's really not that much farther away. So, you know, it's quite doable with uh, quite a lot of convenience, depending on your spending level. Yeah. Um, well, you know, camping, you know, camping out for an event is, is, you know, is not a foreign concept for me. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I went down to Portland and um, I camped out there myself and Don and his family. And, um, you know, just it's definitely not uh, nothing out of the out of the blue for me to, you know, go down and find a campsite and, you know, throw up a tent, put a mattress in there and then, you know, camp out, go do a race, come back, camp out, go do another race. So, you know, it sounds, sounds like I'd be right at home. Yeah. I did that for the Monterey super this year too. I camped at Laguna Seca raceway and that was great. And if you want something a little closer to the Calgary one, I don't think it's uh well, I mean, Granted, for you guys, it's a little bit of a drive either way, but it's a little bit closer than coming up to uh, Edmonton Barhead. But uh, if you guys do come that way, make sure, because I was telling Ted about this, and uh, last year, or this year, sorry, uh, taking Highway 1A, it's kind of right off the main highway to the Trans-Canada. You want to try and go off the 1A, because that's where you get a lot of the scenic views. There's less people oh, on it. God, that and that beautiful. extra time for the drive is absolutely worth it. I recommend it to anybody who's never been up this way. Take 1A, don't take 1, because you will not regret it. It's awesome. In a, in a nutshell, the route that he's talking about, that he told me about, that I took back, it's a, it's a stretch off the main highway between the town of Canmore and Calgary, and so I hit that at like 6 in the morning on my way home. And it's dropping in and out of these little valleys with white picket fences and fog banks and stuff and aspen trees everywhere and really cool little towns and stuff. And, yeah, it, it was a really, really nice way to start the road trip home. It was beautiful. Of course, everything to that corridor going through the Canadian Rockies is beautiful anyway. But, it, you know, it, it, that was really nice. Awesome. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a plan. I think, uh, like you said, I think we should definitely do that. Just make a road trip out of it. 
you know, take a couple of, you know, a couple of days just to travel, see the sites, take in the environment, you know, go up, um, participate in the ex warrior and then just enjoy it on the way back. I mean, it, it yeah. honestly sounds like it, it would be mm-hmm. such an experience. You know, on your way up, you go through Radium Hot Springs in British Columbia, and you, you yes. enter you enter Kootenai National Park. You go through, you know, zip on by there, beautiful scenery. Um, and then there's other provincial parks through there too, off the back roads. And then you got Banff, of course. If you hang a left, you head towards Lake Louise. You can keep going farther north to Jasper. I mean, just if you have time, which I plan on one of these days making a two-week trip out of this because there is just too much to see. And um, it's funny because when we were making that trek back from the Red Deer Spartan in 2016, it was in September and not in the summertime like it is now. Well, needless to say, when you're in Canada in September, it's already fall. And the everything was yellow and orange. The fall, The autumn colors were in full force. And we pulled over, and I made Brandon Chin drive my car. I said, dude, I'm taking pictures. You're driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, no offense, Brandon, if you're listening, but that was quite the experience. But anyway, uh, uh, it was just, it was, it's, yeah, I, I could go on and on and on, but uh, we should be talking about racing. But the, the, the scenery up there is just unmatched. It's so beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely look forward to it. This this does sound like a something that's that's going to come to fruition, even if it's just you know, even if it's you know Kyle, Mike, Don, and Ted, we're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. That's da- that sounds like a dangerous combo. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it probably is. It probably is. Most sure it wouldn't take too much effort to uh, coerce Brandon and back into it. And you know what, Brandon, if you're listening, it'd be a great excuse to see you. I haven't seen you since. Uh, rooming together at some peaks 2017. So it'd be good to have the reunion. Heck yeah. That was a fun house. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those races that you go to every year for so long. And it just kicks the living bleep out of you every single time. But every single year you're like, no, this is the one I want to go to every time. And it's always the season closer unless you're going to OCRWC. So it's a shame that we yeah. lost it. So I don't know, maybe with American Spartan coming in that, uh, we'll get something similar back. But uh, yeah, that was definitely a big loss. Well, I spent my 53rd and 54th birthday with you guys up there, you know, beating the hell out of myself. I must be sadistic. (laughs) (laughs) So you did it right, my friend. Yeah, that was a wonderful course in the village, everything about that. You know, I hope they bring it back. Nothing against Kimberly, but I prefer Sun Peaks. As long as they don't do what they did in 2017 where we had to do the three mountains and then doing the altar, doing it back to back. That was just, do it! Hell, I'll never get back. (laughs) (laughs) 2,200 feet of elevation on hands and feet. It was so steep. That was amazing. Well, actually, the thing that blew me away was the secrecy that I have a family that lives in Sun Peaks. And they were able to keep the secret. But when Spartan went up to them and said, hey, we're going to use Challenger, they're like, oh, cool. Are you just going to go up the chairlift and use that as a route? They're like, no, we're sending people straight up that way. And I remember getting to it the first time going through and just looking up like, that's a weird place to have a fence. I have no idea why you would do that. Then you get a little closer and it's like the fence is moving. I think that fence is actually a bunch of people trying to climb people. up. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it, was, it was just absolute hell. 
So you're going through the second time if you're doing the ultra. I remember as with uh, my bud, Matt Kidd, we're just pushing each other through that last lap, and we both kind of look at each other, don't even say a word, nod our heads, put our heads down, start climbing hands and feet up, and someone looked at us and said, how are you guys doing this twice? We're like, there's a reason we're not looking up. We've already done this once. We don't want to be back here. <laughs> oh, good times, good times. Yeah, yeah I, definitely. I mean, it's... It, <laughs> Yeah, that that I am not one for you know climbing hills and and doing all, my my incline game sucks horribly. So that's yeah, that's definitely one of those times where you know I would have to dig deep and just you know be like you know what, suck it up and just do it because you know if you turn around and go down or go back down now you're just you know you're gonna live with this you know for the rest of it and you're thinking what if so. That definitely sounded like, like just sheer hell. So props to you for that, man. That's that's definitely awesome. Well, guys, I definitely appreciate you being a part of this episode. Um, Ted and Aaron both. Um, you know, we'll have to definitely do this in the future. Um, I look forward to uh, getting up there to X Warrior and actually, you know, putting a face to the name and meeting you in person, Aaron, and especially Ted, because I think I've seen you at a couple events, Ted. Um, but, you know, there's so many people running around. You see so many people that, you know, oh, you don't know. always get a chance to meet everybody. So, um, but yeah, you know, um, let's make this happen. You know, let's, let's put out the, the beast, you know, the beast call and be like, Hey, let's, let's all head up to X warrior and, you know, rent a huge Absolutely. caravan and just go, go, go. So, Absolutely. We'll have to do oh, that. Pleasure yeah. is all mine. So if you uh if you're up in the area for X Warrior, let me know. We'll sit down for one of those beers and cheeseburgers and just have a good time. Of course. That would be great. Beers and cheeseburgers. Sounds like a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well guys, you guys have a great night. Once again, thank you for uh for being a part of the episode. And uh like I said, we'll do this in the future. I'm sure we'll speak on many more occasions. Um so until then, you guys thanks again. Have a great night. Awesome. Thank Kyle, you it's well. been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. This show is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you like to hear. You can find us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, or at beastocr.com.